Welcome to the Bubblehead Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Eric with my co-host Robert. We're uh, back here to talk some Bubblehead Fantasy Football content. How you doing, Robert? Doing good. How are you? Doing well. I'm excited. It feels like the NFL season is nearly here. Got news happening every hour, it seems like. I don't know. I, th- I think we need to bring up the big news of the day here. The Bubblehead Fantasy Football fo- Podcast is finally going to video i think that's big news for everybody and i really hope that our listeners kind of enjoy this uh new little segment we have um kind of hope that we and give us any feedback you guys have on on our video and uh what you want to see us improve on no you're right robert uh forget the deshaun watson ruling forget uh the miami dolphins losing a first round pick forget tim patrick maybe going down with a serious knee injury Bubblehead Fantasy Football Podcast is on video. That's the news of the day. That's the news of the week. You heard it here, folks. Uh, please follow me at Eric, E-R-I-K underscore Bubblehead on Twitter. Love to interact with you and hear what you think and discuss strategy in the fantasy football space. And, yeah, and you can find me at BBH Robert. And, um, yeah, you know, uh, like Eric was saying, you know, we're, we're both really good about, you know, interacting with people on Twitter. If you have any questions for us, you know, please let us know. Um, and uh, I don't know about you, but now let's, let's jump in. Let's jump into some of the news of the day. Um, and for us, you know, I think the big news here that we're going to start off with on today's episode is conference realignment. Um, so, you know, in our next episode today, we're, we have two, we have a double feature today. We're going to be doing running backs and wide receivers. Um, and, uh, you know, we wanted to talk about conference realignment first, uh, and then uh, on our next episode about wide receivers, that's when we're going to kind of jump into kind of the big NFL news. Um, but, you know, for NCAA news, you know, the conference realignment, it's a big deal, right? Um, and, you know, I, I think um, the kind of the big key there is that um, USC, UCLA moved, right? But is there anything else coming? And what do you, what do you think? Well, I appreciate you, Robert. Steer me back on course. Yep, we're going to be covering the conference realignment now. And, uh, yeah, I obviously bringing the two Southern California schools into the Big Ten really kind of like breaks the mold that people were clinging on to about college football. It, we're in a different world. Um, right? Players are getting compensated, and now it's just a free-for-all to f- make these super conferences. Um I do not think we're anywhere near done. I think that Texas and Oklahoma's entry into the SEC uh, really like changed the game because all of a sudden the Big Ten realized they need to keep up. They need to find good teams. They need to find good markets. And they need to find, you know, they need to <laughs> add stuff to the war chest because the SEC already had a leg up on them. Uh, my real question is what happens outside of the conferences of the SEC and the big 10? Yeah. I I think it depends on the timing, right? Um, You know, I think Clemson's the Clemson and excuse me, Clemson and Notre Dame are kind of the big dominoes left there. And um, you know, I, I'm curious kind of how that's going to play out. Um, You know, I think with, uh, what a lot of people kind of, you know, don't realize is um, that there's a kind of a 
Notre Dame doesn't really have a they're they're independent, but they're still they're technically a part of the ACC. Um, and if Notre Dame leaves, then the ACC kind of I think Clemson's going to follow them. But then again, if Clemson leaves the ACC, then I think Notre Dame's got to follow. Um, and you know Notre Dame they're they've been big on you know having this independence for so many years now. But that's not working for them anymore, I don't think. And I think that they're they will eventually look at like the the money that the Big Ten's getting, the the SEC's getting, and say, I want to be a part of that money. I want I want that money. Like I want that level of 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 uh, notoriety that these they have. Yeah, I agree that uh, Notre Dame. I think they are the biggest domino to fall and i think that's why we haven't seen any further movement i think right the big 10 said we can snatch up the la market in entirety and we can also add you know a usc that that is very storied in um uh, for a long time but even more recently right ucla hasn't done anything recently um, but obviously you know a long time ago they were good notre dame you're right they do have that tie-in i think it's four games a year they have they have a agreement to play uh acc uh, but i mean they're in indiana they're in the heart of big 10 country i think that they align with those schools a lot more right they're very similar academically to uh, you know a lot of the big 10 schools they're going after the same you know people for the most part you know students and athletes uh but what it comes down to is money it comes down to money 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 and eventually, uh, Notre Dame is going to realize they can make more money going to one of these two conferences than staying independent because, right, they have their own channel, their own network, um, similar to the Big Ten network and the SEC network, et cetera, et cetera. They have their own network, and that's helped them over time. But eventually, that's not going to be the the most profitable. So they'll they'll change. Yeah, and I think another like kind of factor in here too is basketball. You know, it's uh, it's the one of those probably the second most, uh, um, second biggest sport in college for making money. Um, and I think one of the interesting things for the SEC at least is taking um, Clemson, UNC for football mostly, but also including Duke with that UNC package for basketball purposes. And then, you know, maybe including a school like um, I think probably the best bet is either Virginia or uh, maybe like Virginia Tech, you know, but uh, can't throw out Florida State. You can't throw out Miami because those, you know, especially Florida State, they have that uh, longtime rivalry with Florida. So um, I, I think it's going to be interesting. And, you know, I don't I don't and I, I think it's going to be something that we kind of keep in that we have to keep in mind for for many years. But I, I think college football is going to look completely different in 2025, 2026. Yeah, I definitely agree about the uh, rapid change of the landscape. It'll be really interesting to see what teams are moved next. or well, really what teams are moved after Notre Dame. I think that's the big one. Um, but yeah, it's, it's exciting. I'm not sure if it's good for the sport long term. Um, but I will say I know that it's going to change a lot of things. I wouldn't be surprised if there are a lot of schools that say, you know what, we don't want to, uh, we don't want to have a football team anymore. I, I could definitely, right? There's 131, 130, 
three maybe every year it's been changing um fbs programs right now and, and i think that number is going to start shrinking um i don't know about that even the ses makes pretty good money so yeah yeah but it's yeah i mean uh I, yeah it's definitely something that i think is going to change the maybe the bottom line it's going to, instead of having teams that are, you know, just, they're just a part of the Pac-12 and because of USC and because of Oregon, they're able to make, you know, a pretty solid chunk of change. Well, now they're not, they're not making that. Um, and now maybe that affects the bottom line for the rest of their, their sports teams. Um, and I think that's kind of where you can feel it the most is in with the other sports teams. Cause that's how a lot of universities pay for other sports is through college football and college basketball it's true for sure all right well you ready to jump into uh the running back rankings today yeah let's do it let's get into some Devi conversation i'm so hyped all right so this is going to be based off of uh eric's rankings so you know i think uh you want to jump us off what's your tier one yeah, so, you know, of course, what you meant to say was uh, the correct rankings, but uh, I'll, I'll uh, forgive you for that mistake. But um, for me, it's pretty clear. You got Bijan Robinson and Trayvon Henderson. These are two superstars. Uh, Bijan is at Texas. He's he's a draft-eligible running back in the 2023 class, and Trayvon, he's only a true fresh or a true sophomore this upcoming season, so he's not eligible till 2024. Uh Kind of different situations, right? Bijan is like, in many ways, the leading force to try and bring Texas back to being good, right? He played on some really bad teams these last two seasons. Trayvon Henderson, right? He's on an absolutely loaded team. And really, he's just, you know, an embarrassment of riches on that roster. Um, But they're both very talented, both highly, highly ranked, you know, coming out of high school. And they've produced in their time um i find it hard to choose between you know either one of them but for me only this tier one of um the running backs but if i'm looking at debbie draft startup i'm this is my number one or two pick if i have either of them you're not taking a quarterback first nope no i can get that I, i think that um i think these are definitely the clear tier one um and i don't have anything really else to say about it other than um i i would say that maybe you take a quarterback first but at the same time um i I think you can't go wrong with the running backs here just because running backs are just as hard as quarterbacks to nail down in college and especially once you get these guys that you know are going to be at least first round picks um and the only reason i say they're not like top five top ten is just because the nfl doesn't really take running backs top five top ten anymore you know and i think both of these guys are probably that kind of talent if this was like you know 15 20 years ago but uh i don't see a guarantee that that position ever again you know i i don't like you almost have to be a you know saquon barkley level talent and you have to have a bad organization that's willing to take a shot on you uh over you know a quarterback over offensive lineman whatever and uh, I definitely don't see that in 2023, and I don't know if that's going to be realistic in 24 either. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, I think B. John Robinson's the, the first guy here, and then I think Travion Henderson's here number two, um, and that's just because of B. John Robinson's going to be coming in earlier than a year earlier than Travion Henderson. So, um, but I think both are superstars. So, yeah, I mean, 
you know, pick your poison here. To me, this is it's really is a one A one B. It's really hard for me to shoot. You know, put one above the other. Uh, and I, it's interesting bringing up Saquon because I think these are the two most talented running backs since Saquon Barkley was in college. And right, Saquon's the last really high first round pick at running back. That was back in um, that was in the Baker Mayfield uh, Sam Darnold class. And and you're right, people don't value running backs in the NFL as much, you know, the front office. So if if even they get first round draft capital all, I'm pumped, right? I mean, look at how all these great second round running backs we've had recently. Swift, Chubb, um, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, Javante Williams, you know, there's a very long list of second round running backs that have been crushing it. So as long as they can make, you know, top 50 picks, I have them as effectively being equal to a first-round wide receiver just because of the way the NFL values the position in terms of my draft capital um, worth for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else about Tier 1? Do you want to jump into Tier 2? Yeah. No, let's do it. All right. So Tier 2, uh, you got Braylon Allen, Jameer Gibbs, and uh, Nicholas Singleton. Uh, so I think Nicholas Singleton's probably going to be your biggest riser if he has a big year this year, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he's a – Nicholas Singleton could be, you know, uh, Travion, you know, next year. We could be talking about him as a top two, three pick in Debbie Startups because super talented player. Uh, he has all the recruiting accolades you could want. But, right, he's a true freshman. So what are we going to get? We don't know. There's plenty of true freshmen that – you know, have all the accolades and they, they don't show out. So this one is definitely a bit of a projection, but he's he's a good. I mean, there's hard to hard to ask for anything more. I mean, you've got as an 18 year old, this guy's six foot two ten. He's super highly rated, right? Not only is the number one recruit by 24 seven capacity, he's 31st overall in the entire country. Um, you know, so right in these three, we have three different classes. We have 23, 24, and 25, right? So that's really all I have to say about Singleton. I mean, he's a total projection. And this is kind of like when you take a rookie QB, you know, that's highly touted in a startup draft in the NFL side. Like you're just hoping that he hits and then he just vaults into the next level. Um, Gibbs and Allen, they've showed it. They've, to me, they've proven that they're legit college players, superstar college players question is, is does it translate Allen is more of the bruiser he's a big dude um gibbs gibbs is the closest thing that i've seen since kamara in terms of that comp yeah i think with braylon allen you know he was definitely not expected to be the starter in wisconsin um and uh you know he took kind of took the job from medusi as a true freshman which i think that's very impressive uh you know um Malusi um, or uh, Malusi was the um, you know transfer from Clemson, and he started off the year amazingly uh, with for Wisconsin, and um, and then Braylon Allen came out of nowhere and kind of I, I so I really like Braylon Allen. I think he could be a potential um, another guy who could be in in tier one next year. You know I I think with Nicholas Singleton and Braylon Allen, I think both of them are potential tier one guys next year, um, and I think. With Braylon Allen, you kind of it's the same thing with we said about Jonathan Taylor. We want to see him catch the ball more. Well, that's not what Wisconsin does. No. Like they don't. They don't do that. 
Um, and so we're never going to see that. It's always going to be a projection with, with Braylon Allen. And um, I think he can. Um, but I think that's going to cause him to go in the second round of the draft in the NFL. Uh, and I think that's probably the biggest uh, thing that I have to say that would say, well, man, maybe I won't put him in tier one. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's a pretty similar player to Kenneth Walker this year in terms of the production profile, right? Phenomenal runner, absolute dominant in the big 10, but almost no passive game usage. And I'm with you. I think it's just system. That's the system that Wisconsin is. I mean, we have so many running backs that have proven that. You go all the way back to Melvin Gordon. It was the same situation with him. Melvin Gordon's a fantastic pass catcher. He's had a great career as a receiving running back. Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Taylor has shown, you know, he's extremely comp- competent at uh, catching the ball. Uh, for me, and that's a really good point, it comes to how I'm valuing running backs. I'm no longer like, oh, you know, what did they do catching the ball? I'm looking at it as a few different, like, categories. It's uh, they are a weapon in the passing game, a la a Jameer Gibbs. Um, they are competent, right? That like they can catch the ball, right? When given the opportunity, they, you know, do what you want. And then there's the third category where it's when given the opportunity, they fail, you know? So it's a pass fail, you know, superstar, you know, you are a wide receiving weapon. Um, and I'm at this point, Braylon Allen, I would think is going to probably go into the pass category, right? So it's not so much a hit because I realize this system they're running at Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to tier three. Um, who's your, what's your tier three look like? So tier three, this is start. We're really getting into uh, some of the more projections, um, right? Specifically uh, Donovan Edwards, Raheem Sanders, Branson Robinson. So Robinson's a freshman. We haven't seen anything from him, but he's a highly touted player going to Georgia. And I mean, call me, uh, I'm scouting the helmet somewhat in this. Georgia has put out running back after running back after running back. That's very good. So Branson Robinson, I think could be the next one. He's a good player. And that room is pretty open for him to, I doubt he'll, you know, be the leading rusher on the team as a freshman, but I definitely think he'll get, you know, some opportunity to show what he can do. Um, Sanders out of, you know, Edwards and Sanders. Edwards had more opportunity, and this is a big player that's fast that did some good things in the SEC. Uh, He kind of snuck up on me. He didn't quite have the uh, recruiting profile that Donovan Edwards did, but, I mean, Sanders is legit. And then Edwards, honestly, might be the most talented out of every player on this list in this tier. He just didn't get a ton of opportunity with um, Blake Corum and Hassan Haskins last year. Uh, you know, the other names are a lot more well-known in the uh, heavy world. You know, Bigsby, Zach Evans, Shipley, Tucker. So, I mean, Tucker's the probably the lowest-ranked recruit out of high school on my whole list. Um, not quite, but close. He's the second lowest, right? Syracuse guy, but you know what? He is just been dynamite there and my only concern is like you know is he just a product of super volume and just being like the sole focus 
at Syracuse, and he's obviously he's not playing super great, you know, defenses all the time in the ACC. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you think of some of these pe- these players at my tier three? Yeah, so I think Will Shipley is probably the best option of the of the group, uh, and Don Will Shipley and Donovan Edwards. I think those are the top two um, of the. 2024 class that are not, you know, that are listed here. Um, and, you know, but that's not to say take anything away from Raheem Sanders. You know, I, this is, uh, this is kind of why though, this is why 2023 and 2024, this is why they, I would love to get draft capital for this in the dynasty league in the NFL. Um, we're talking about stacked, stacked, stacked running back talent. Um, you know, I could easily see, you know, eight, people being drafted in the eight, nine people being drafted in the first three rounds of the draft and, yeah. and, you know, both these years. So, um, but yeah, I mean, so like, you know, Will Shipley, right. I, I like him a lot. I think he, he was a highly rated recruit. Um, Donovan Edwards, you know, he's a, he's a guy that I think is going to take over the backfield in Michigan and, you know, they like to run the ball. I think with, um, you know, a little bit more opportunity there, he'll be able to take that and run with it. Uh, Branson Robinson, I don't think he's going to be great this year. Um, I think you probably are looking at a, a breakout in 2023 um, uh, season. season. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, for Zach Evans, Tank Bigsby, Sean Tucker, you know. So one, we've already talked about a few guys from 2023 class. So it's not even like these are the top guys. But these are guys that would be the top, that could potentially beat out Bryce Hall this year if, if they were in the draft. Um, you know, I, I think if, you know, you gave me a choice between Zach Evans and Tank Bixby, um, they would be very close to, you know, the, the, the Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker types. Um, and Sean Tucker, I just have him a little bit lower. I He's not a favorite of mine. I think he's going to kind of be one of those guys that's maybe a, just a, a primary first and second down back. Um, but I just don't, I don't, I don't know if, if I trust the SEC or the ACC uh, running with him. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, other than that though, my, you know, my biggest thing is I think Tank Bigsby, he had kind of a disappointing year last year, um, relative to projections. Um, and so he could, he could potentially, if he has a bounce back year and, and Auburn was terrible last year, let's just not, let's not forget that Auburn was just terrible. Uh, if, if Auburn and him can come back and have a good season, I think he's got the potential to go into, you know, and, and be a big riser as well. So. Yeah, I'm definitely going to give Bigsby a bit of a pass because that Auburn team was in disarray. And the only reason, right, we you say it was a disappointment is just because what he did is a true freshman, right? He still had a very good sophomore season. It just wasn't, you know, being in the SEC Offensive Player of the Year, like Doak Walker Award winner conversation. Um, but, I mean, out of all these backs – Bigsby might be the best pure runner of the football. My question is, you know, what can he do as a pass catcher? That's where he's going to go from like being a good RB2 in the NFL, in my opinion, to being, you know, like a top five superstar. Um, Bigsby is a phenomenal rusher. I mean, he reminds me actually a lot of um, a fellow SEC running back, Nick Chubb. You know, he's just a beast and he runs hard and he's got great vision. His passing game is, eh, you know, it's like, I mean, Chubb, we've seen plenty, and he's he's okay, but he's not great. Bigsby, we haven't seen much. So I'm curious, you know, what develops there. 
Yeah, you know, he could still get on the field, though, on third down just through pass protection. Um, yep. And that's kind of the big way for for rookies, especially, to get on the field is through pass protection, especially if they're not great um, as, like, a third down, like, catching back. Um, I think he's capable. Uh, but like you said, I, you know, I think that you kind of have to – is a bit of a projection there um, in terms of what you think he can do for uh, – the um, uh, through the passing game. Yeah, something I wanted to just kind of piggyback on your idea of the uh, 23 and 24 running back class. Not only do we have good talent in these classes and a lot of it, think about where the state of running backs in dynasty fantasy football is right now in the NFL. We have a lot of older running backs getting drafted pretty high. All right, so we've got think of the Derrick Henrys, even you know Alvin Kamara, uh, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, you know uh, even Joe Mixon's a little old. Like there's a lot of these running backs. CMC's a bit old, right? All these running backs that are in the top twenty in dynasty rankings for the most part. A lot of them, you know, in two years, in three years, when these players are you know really starting to get their their chance, they're all going to be gone. So we could be looking at like the new crop of of great dynasty running backs. Yeah, yeah, and you don't want to miss uh, miss your chance on a on a you know top ten dynasty asset in this at this point, right? So, um, yeah, I, I like what you said, right? You have a potential to you know get a guy who could be you know very a very long term option um, in that. But um, do you have anything else about the two three guys? You want to jump into tier four? Well, yeah, just kind of to keep going on that th- idea, right, the, about the value, right? If you are to get a Devi superstar running back, that's the like the cheapest they'll ever be in terms of the cost to acquire them. Now, right, you might miss on them, but, you know, you can get these players even in Tier 3 pretty deep into your draft, you know, in the late third, fourth, maybe even early fifth for some of these players in your Devi startup draft, Right. If you wait a couple of years to pick them, you know, as a rookie, as a second year player, their their cost is so much higher. So I think these are great players to go and take a swing at and try and, you know, get a little bit ahead of the the value. Yeah. Yeah. So for tier four, you know, uh, big guys here, uh, a lot of these are, uh, Emmanuel Henderson's kind of a projection. Uh, you know, Byron Cardwell and Zach Charbonnet, I think those, those, it's a little bit of a drop off there. Um, you know, I think with Emmanuel Henderson, you're kind of hoping for, uh, obviously he's a projection with the, as a prospect, he hasn't played a single snap in, in college yet. So, um, but what's your thoughts on this, this ranking here? Yeah. I mean, you're totally hit it on the head. This is a big drop off from tier three to four. I think the tier top three tiers are like by far and away, you know, like the, the gap between one and two and two and three are, are tiny compared to three and four. Um, yeah. Like you said, Henderson, he's a, he's a highly rated recruit, right? So, you know, who knows, but we haven't seen anything at college and he's going to Alabama. Guess what? Alabama cycles in superstar, you know, ranked recruits every year. Sometimes, yeah. They just signed. They just signed multiple. like, yeah, they signed like a four star and a five star this year yeah. in this 2023 class. So, Literally just next year, he has competition from how two highly rated freshmen. So does he play next year, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and and that's definitely part of the reason why I put you know the other two twenty five uh, running backs ahead of him is because I feel he's got a lot more competition. Um, you know, and I'm worried about that. But that being said, hey, he could transfer, right? He's still highly rated. You know, if it doesn't work out, he could transfer. Uh, there have been a number of Alabama running backs in the past that have found some success that way. Um, moving on, Charbonnet. I think Charbonnet really screwed up not coming out this year. I think he would have been like RB three or four in this class. And I think he's going to be RB like six or seven in 23. So I don't get it. You know, maybe he was getting a good NIL deal and he said, you know what? Like I'm going to make as much coming back this year as I will my rookie year, you know, so screw it. Okay, fine. And you know, that's one thing, but this is a highly rated player who, you know, he went to Michigan and, and, it just didn't work out in Michigan and he transferred to UCLA and he had a great year last year. He really did. He rushed really hard for chip Kelly. He was very impressive. Honestly, for a lot of Debbie people, you know, Charbonnet was left for dead and totally resurrected his stock last year. Um, if he can, you know, have another year and even build on it, I, he would be, you know, in my projection, I'm thinking like a late third, fourth round pick in the NFL draft. Like this is a guy who could um, kind of beat the statistics because typically, you know, you got to be a first three round pick to be any good, usually statistically, but he's a solid player. Uh, he was highly recruited for a reason, but he's definitely, you know, down a little bit on my tier, obviously here where we got mm -hmm. some big projections. Uh, why, why don't you tell me what you think about those two, and then we can get into Byron Cardwell. Yeah, so I think Zark, is that uh, Carbonet? I think he's got the most potential to continue to rise. Um, but again, right, we're talking. You know, there's a lot of 2023 guys ahead of him, but that's but that's not bad, right? There's a lot of potential in 2023 for running backs, and I think Zach Charbonnet, he's just another guy on that list. He should have probably come out this year. You know, he probably would have gone in the second or third round, I think, but maybe not. Maybe he was getting uh, other information from the NFL draft um, because, you know, they give you your ranking, uh, the projected ranking of where you're going to go. And uh, if you've got, you know, oh, I'm going in the fifth round, well, obviously he's going to come back to school for that. Um, and, you know, for Emmanuel Henderson, Henderson, I just don't have any interest just because I know who they're bringing in next year. Um, I don't. And that's my issue with Alabama, just really like it's so hard to nail down who's going to be their starter, um, especially if you're a lower four star for me or even like if you're a medium four star. I just don't really have that much interest in you for Alabama because I know they're going to bring in another five star or another four, uh, high four star recruit to replace you. You're right, but let's let's just give Henderson his due. He, he is the number two running back recruit be a 24-7 sports composite. He's a very, very high four-star. He he definitely has the pedigree. Uh, but you're right that they just cycle those guys in every year, one to two, you know, two of them each year at, at running back. So competition is as fierce at Bama, you know, as it probably is anywhere. Yeah, it's the same thing with Ohio State too, uh, honestly. So, um. But for Byron Cardwell, what do you? What's your kind of thoughts there? So, the biggest knock I have on Cardwell is that he's an Oregon Pac-12 running back. Um, but this is a good player 
who as a he's a freshman he didn't get a ton of opportunity uh but he's right they had travis die last year and travis die had a great season but guess what travis die is now a usc trojan so the opportunity is there we're talking this is the 12th ranked running back recruit in the 2021 you know uh high school recruiting class so he's, he's eligible in 24 in the nfl draft and and his small sample size, he showed out. He was a good player. Um, you know, so I like his size. This is a six-foot, 203-pound player on the tape, verifying, you know. And that's a big thing, right? We, we should have mentioned that already for me. I want to see legit measurables. In college, you can only trust what measurements you're saying so much because it is, all these schools are notorious for just blatantly lying. You know, all of a sudden some player loses, you know, four inches or this player, you know, loses 18, 20 pounds. It's like, obviously that didn't really happen. You were just fudging the numbers. Um, So, you know, when we get to the combine, when we get to, you know, players pro days, when we get real numbers, you know, that factors in. Uh, But I like the recurring profile, I like the size, and I like what I've seen production wise. So, you know, that's three good uh, points. So, you know, so yeah, give me some Byron Cardwell. I'm interested. Yeah, I think he's an interesting prospect, but you know, I, I don't, I just don't think you've seen enough yet to, to really, you know, rate him very, like, you know, very highly. Uh, you know, he, he is a project really at this point. He's a projection. So, yeah. And that, and that just highlights what we talked about earlier is that my tier three to four, there's a huge gap, right? The, none of these players am I investing heavily in nfl production right i believe charbonnet will be very good in you know the c2c world uh in 2022 Uh, but outside of that really nothing is guaranteed with these players yeah yeah so uh you have anything else about tier four you want to jump into tier five yeah let's go all right so tier five uh you know jace mcclellan trevante citizen and deuce vaughn so, you know, I think these are, you know, again, these are guys, two of these guys are guys that are going to be potentially highly, highly rated um, 2023 draft picks. They're potentially, you know, third round picks, right? Um, I think with Jace McClellan, you're kind of, he's a little bit more of a stretch just because, uh, at least as a draft pick, just because he has been behind other players in Bama for a while now. And I don't, it doesn't look like he's going to start anytime soon now he is a candidate to come out in 2024 potentially um but you know i think that's a kind of an interesting uh thought process there we're we're at tier five here jace mcclellan got the nod for me just based off of the recruiting profile for the most part um so last year was a tough year for him. He was injured. Uh, he was actually doing really well prior to his injury. He was very efficient. Um, so I'm really curious to see how the backfield touches get split up. Because I think him and uh, Jameer Gibbs are the two obvious um, running backs this year. Issue is, is I could see Jameer Gibbs just being a total workhorse. That's not really his role, but... Alabama likes to do that. They like to just really like find one player and just give them the ball like regularly. So if that happens, 
yeah, I think Chase McClellan is definitely probably staying another year in college and maybe even transferring. Um, the really interesting one for me here is Deuce Vaughn. So Deuce Vaughn, if we were to, so the, the reason he's only in tier five is because of the expected height and weight for this player that I'm expecting. This guy's tiny. He's third down back. Most so, so I want you to guess the, uh, the comp that I have for Deuce Vaughn before I give it to the people. Uh, Maurice Jones Drew, uh, Clyde Edwards Lair. Well, those are very different qualities of players, huh? All right. So, see, you know, this is me uh, showing my age a little bit because if you'd watched this player in college, the comp, you would be like, oh, obviously, Deuce Vaughn, Kansas State, you are relating to Darren Sproles, also of Kansas State. So, um, this is what I'm hoping for for Deuce Vaughn. These are the combine numbers uh, for for Darren Sproles. He was five foot six, but 187 pounds. Okay, that's a BMI of over 30. He had a 40 yard dash of 449, and he put up a uh, 396 shuttle and a three and a six uh, nine six three cone. Right. So what is that? You're talking about a short player, but they're thick, they're strong, and they're very agile. And obviously, right, both of them have great hands. No one is doubting Deuce Vaughn's ability to catch the ball. I think at least I'm certainly not. So that's where I see Deuce Vaughn as being, you know, possibly useful in the NFL. Yeah, I don't think he has the potential. I don't think he's the same in terms of like his elusive uh, elusiveness. Uh, Darren Sproles was like the elite of elite of elite in terms of his elusiveness, right? So, uh, but I mean, yeah, they're similar players. Uh, but I, I just think that uh, Deuce Vaughn, he's a little bit, I think he's going to be a little bit more of a kind of a guy that, yeah, he's an elite pass catcher, but I, I'm kind of, I kind of think he's going to be, I don't know. I, I've never been a big fan of Deuce Vaughn. I've always thought he's a little bit undersized for what you're getting. And I don't think he has the elusiveness to really, um, succeed in, in the NFL, but. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is right. He's in tier five for me. We talked about how big tier three to tier four is right. Tier four to five, not a big gap for me, but he's in tier five. Uh, and that's mainly because these are Devi rankings, not C2C rankings, right? Deuce Vaughn was an absolute superstar. He was the number one running back producer uh, last year, uh, at least in terms of who's returning this season, excuse me. Um, I don't expect Deuce Vaughn to be a huge contributor in the NFL, but my, I guess Darren Sproles is my comp. Darren Sproles is my like high end comp, like what I'm hoping, I guess. And, and it's possible, right? It, what if he goes to the combine and he has similar, similar numbers. If he does sub four, sub seven and the shuttle and the three cone, that's evidence to me that this guy has plenty good elusiveness because he's on tape showing elusiveness, but it's Big 12, so it's like, you know, how much am I going to trust that? And they don't play defense in the pack. Well, like, unless you're Baylor or uh, or uh, Iowa State. But, yeah, you know, yeah, in, in general, they don't. But I will say the Big 12 is getting a little better. But, hey, they're about to lose Texas and Oklahoma. So, you know, they're 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 in a lot of trouble still. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Deuce Fawn, he showed me a lot of things on tape that I liked. I want to see the numbers. 
right? I fully believe in his ability to build up huge fantasy football numbers in college. But before I'm going to invest anything, you know, more than like a dart throw in my rookie drafts, uh, you know, for the NFL side, I want to see these Darren Sproul like combine numbers. If I don't see him, I'll be out, you know, unless it's way late. I think he's probably similar to Michael Carter in, in terms of maybe gets a fourth round value draft pick. He's a good pass catcher, but, you know, he's really not, he's not elite as a pass catcher, but he's good enough. And I think that's kind of your, that's my comp. It really is Michael Carter. I think that's kind of what he, he really looks like to me. But do you have anything else about tier five? Well, let's just talk on uh, Trevante Citizen. Oh, yeah. We never really talked about him, did we? So this is another freshman. Um, and, you know, you know, Robert, I would love to hear your opinion on how you try and pick out freshmen. Like, do you just go down the rankings of these sites that, you know, this is the number one recruit, this is the number two recruit, number three do you look at, you know, what schools they're going to? Do you look at, like, what are you looking for for these freshmen running? Well, really, yeah, let's go for freshman running backs. Yeah, so um, really the kind of two things as I look at first and foremost is athletic profile and then also what school you're going to. Those are the top two. But athletic profile is the biggest for me. Um, I want to see guys who are around, you know, 5'11", uh, six foot, six foot one, right? And you know, bigger, bigger backs. I prefer those. And then about two fifteen, two twenty, or two hundred, about a ninety, one ninety to two ten, really is kind of my my go to. Um, maybe a little bit heavier depending on your size, but um, but you got we got to remember too that you know a lot of these guys are eighteen, right? So they're not fully developed in terms of you know their their weight profile. You know, a lot of these guys are going to put on weight when they go to college. Uh, and they get into college weight rooms. So um, big thing for me is I want to see guys on the tape that have speed and agility, right? I don't, and you know, it's hard to really judge that in college because obviously if you look at it, they're, it's basically man against boys. All these guys who get drafted these or to get selected to go to these high level college institutes, institutions are, are, they're already better athletes than everybody else out there. Right. Um, so you know, judging their top end speed off of that is going to, it's pretty tough depending on who they're playing. Um, and, uh, for, but you know, that's a big thing for me is kind of going through their athletic profile. Um, and if I think that you fill the, the athletic profile of a first round running back, then I, then you have, then you pretty much will, you'll, you'll be at the top of my list. If I think you're like, a borderline third, fourth round running back based off your, just your athletic profile. Like you can have all the other tools, but your profile puts you down to like a third round running back. And I don't really want you at that point. Um, like if I, if you fall, sure. But like, you know, that's kind of the big thing that I look at. Yeah. It's good to, to discuss this, right. So that people understand why we're valuing players, right. We can talk about the players that have talked, you know, already gone in college, you know, we can go off of their production. Um, that's, you know, that's kind of easy, but it's these freshmen. I think it's really important to discuss that for, um, and I'm with you. I want to see size and I want to see athletic profile and you're right about the tape, right? You can watch highlights. You can watch game tape of high school players all you want, but there's very few like teams, very few games at the high school level where someone that's, you know, 
a, we're projecting as an NFL star, it's playing against competition necessary to like prove, oh, yeah, look at what they're doing in the tape. Uh, so when I'm looking at athletic profile, I love, especially for running backs and especially for wide receivers, I love to see, are they a track player? Do they run track? Do they run the hundred? Do they run the two? Do they run the four? Not so much the four, um, but especially do they run the one, two, and maybe the 100 relays. And, um, and Trevante says, and he's not a world breaker with speed, right? You got some of these players that are sub 10, uh, excuse me, sub 11 seconds in the 100 meter. That's that's legit speed. Sub 22 seconds in the 200, that's legit speed. So uh, the PR for Trevante Citizen was 11.33. So 11 seconds, 33 hundredths of a second in the 100, and he ran at 22.19 in the 200. Um, those are good numbers. Like that shows he has good speed and in, in burst, right? Straight line speed. Obviously, it's just straight line speed, but at least it's a measurable, like, fact that we can base something off of uh additionally right he's got great size right like you said these are 18 year old players dude six foot 217 at least that's what we're getting reported right how much can we trust this i don't know um and then you know the next thing i'm looking at is hey what are the people that you know have been doing this for a long time and are part of big organizations like 24 sports 24 7 sports what are they saying about him? and they like the guy he's their ninth ranked recruit Additionally, Miami has kind of like this vacuum at running back. Like, I would not be surprised by the end of the year he's starting for them as a true freshman. So he's got all the, you know, opportunity, and he has a lot of talent to really make a big jump. So that's why I threw Toronto Citizen in here. I think he's my fourth, maybe fifth rookie uh, freshman running back. But, you know, I like this player. I think they have a lot of potential. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have much else with them. You know, I think it's all projection. You know, it's a uh, you're you're looking at the athletic profile, and and like you said, you can't look at tape for for freshmen and say this guy's going to be a superstar. Like that, they're playing against a bunch of guys that aren't going to go anywhere, right? And, that, and that's just the nature the nature of the beast. Um. Um. Yeah. Are you, so you do want to move on to? Yeah, let's keep this train going. All right. So this is your honorable mentions. So I'll let you have the floor. You can talk about these guys, you know, kind of say what you think. And, uh, yeah, you have the floor. All right. So, yeah, so the the previous tiers that we spoke about was 18 total running backs, right? And these are the last six for my, you know, if we're quote-unquote going, you know, Arby's ones and twos and 12-team leagues. Um, and, and if you look at it, what is it? It is six freshmen. So just like we talked about with Citizen, total projections here. And most of these schools are the big-name schools. Texas, Jadon Blue. Although he's probably not going to see a lot of work this year because of Bijan Robinson, I think that Jadon Blue could take over and, you know, be with Quinn Ewers for a year and then be with Manning for, you know, for another year and really, you know, explode. Javante Barnes. Another good player at another big school, Oklahoma, George Petaway. George Petaway is he's a Virginia product. Um, you know, maybe I'm being a homer here, but he actually grew up in this. He went to high school in the same town that I live in. His high school is probably 15 miles from where I live. So uh, I saw a highly rated, uh, 
you know, local kid that's going to UNC who has started to really produce some solid players, especially a good little stringer at uh, running back. So, you know, I just jumped on and said, I have to throw him in here. I'm, I'm interested in Petaway. Uh, Le'Veon Moss. Yeah, I know you can laugh at me, but <laughs> but uh, 24 7 sports likes him too, so I can't be totally. Oh, no, I just think it's funny you put the, the local kid on there because you, <laughs> yeah, now you can all go and figure out where I live if you want. You can stalk me and go door to door and try and find wherever I live. It's a big city, good luck. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, Le'Veon Moss, let's hope he's as good as Le'Veon Bell, right. Uh, but this is another highly rated player. He went to Texas A&M. Um, A&M, the reason this player isn't ranked much higher for me is because I don't like what A&M does on the offense side of the ball. Jimbo Fisher has one of the least explosive offenses in the entire freaking nation. Meanwhile, he recruits at top five, top seven every single year. Like Jimbo, swallow your pride and just, you know, adapt. You know, it, it, Saban did it. Saban for years was playing, you know, Texas AM style football, right? Remember the epic nine to six victory against LSU, you know, but, you know, 10, 12 years, uh, probably more than that, actually. But, um, you know, they've adapted and, and he needs to too because he's got some great talents that could, you know, do great things if you opened up that offense. So he actually takes a hit where he's going for me. Jaron Miller, he takes a hit. Because like we talked about, there's just so many bloody, you know, good players at wide receiver or, uh, excuse me, at Alabama, you know, which one do you pick? You know, I guess you try and take them all and hope, you know, at least one of them has because probably one yeah. will. Uh, Rayshon Luke. So he gets the Arizona hit, although if you haven't noticed, they've also have a superstar wide receiver recruit coming in the same class. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in our next episode. Um, but he gets hit because of his size. He's 5'9", uh, is what's reported. 5'8", no, 5'8", 170, 175. That worries me. You know, he's very highly ranked. I mean, he's the uh, he's the 18th ranked running back in the class. I mean, he's a, he's a mid-four-star recruit. Um, I just worry about the size a little bit. Um, but watch out for Arizona, I'm telling you. You know, this might sound silly, but Arizona was the best one-win football team in 2021. They had so many close losses. They gave a lot of good teams, you know, competitive fights. Um, I think we're all going to be surprised what Arizona is doing in, in three, four years. Um, and Rayshon Luke was probably going to be a, a decent part of that. Yeah, uh, you know, so like you said, right, these are all, all freshmen. Um, I think all of these guys are, are interesting. Like you said, um, you know, I, I laughed a little bit about George Petaway, but um, I, yeah, I think George Petaway is a very good option at UNC. Um, and then, yeah, like, you know, I agree with everything. Um, I think Javante Barnes is probably the big one that I'm interested in. Um, Notre Dame, whenever J uh, Chip Kelly was there, or not Chip Kelly, uh, Brian Kelly was there, always produced running backs, uh, it seemed like. So I think Javante Barnes is just another in that line for him. Um and yeah, so I mean, you know, yeah, I think all these guys are interesting. Um, and yeah, I don't have much else. I think you're these are the these are the next in the list of like you know Debbie running backs that you should get in terms of your freshman running backs. So, um, but to move on to mine, so my honorable mentions here uh, are Braden Bennett from Coastal Carolina, 
uh, Rasheen Alley from Marshall, uh, Lou Nichols from Central Michigan, uh, Dwayne McBride from UAB, and then Titus uh, Swin. So obviously, all these guys are pretty much you know your your lower lower tier FBS schools. Um, now I think that doesn't really, to me, that's not something that I would say is like a bad thing though. You know, I think you can get quality players from these lower division FBS schools and all these guys are stars at their programs, or at least I project them to be stars. Um, so just to kind of go off the first guy here. So Braden Bennett, he's 6'2", 200 pounds, uh, was his listed, uh, size. Uh, last year he had six, uh, for his career, excuse me, he had 8.5 yards per carry, uh, 12.3 yards per catch. Uh, so he was kind of a, kind of a, you know, a change of pace back last year for them because they had a, other really good running backs. He takes over the backfield this year, Coastal Carolina. And I think he's going to be a really big, uh, surprise. Uh, I, I would be shocked if he is not a higher ranked recruit come next year or higher rank C2C pick next year than he currently is. And I think he's kind of one of those guys that you can throw as like a, um, kind of like a um, Rashad White where maybe you see him, him rise in the draft uh, whenever he goes to, you know, kind of the um, the senior bowl. So he is eligible for the 2023 draft, but he is probably going to be going to the 2024, if I had to guess, unless he just has a massive year. Um, and, um, you know, their same thing with Rasheen Alley. So Rasheen Alley, he's uh, six foot, 201 pounds, uh, 5.6 yards per carry in 2021, 45 receptions. He's a, de- a decent receiver, great runner. I-, I think he needs to take a big imp- an improvement as a receiver though, to jump into wide- to day two. Uh, but I think he's a potential day three back uh, coming into the season. And, uh, you know, it's hard for, <clears throat> it's hard for these kind of, uh, lower tier, lower division FBS players to jump into day one potential, but no, I can absolutely see him going into to day two. Um, and then Lou Nichols. So Lou Nichols, he's 5'10", 220. He is the bruiser, but he has great burst and balance. <clears throat> he's not, he's not a great receiver yet. At least he hasn't showed it. Um, you know, he is the guy, you know, he's, he's going to be a, first and second down back in the NFL. Now, the question is, is he good enough as a receiver to be in that like Leonard Fournette type of role? I think he is. And I I have a high hopes for him um, in Debbie. And and again, I think he's a guy that's going to have day two, day three, day two potential uh, if he shows a jump this year. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, he'll, 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 he'll be coming out this year and I, I would be shocked if he isn't drafted at least in the fourth round, if not higher. Um, and then obviously we'll see him at the senior bowl, I, I would hope. So uh, so D- Dwayne McBride, um, so he's 5'11", 215 pounds. He had uh, 6.7 yards per carry for three, 1,371 yards last year. You know, again, I think he's another guy that you're hoping is uh, going to explode. And um, I – I think he's going to be a big riser as well. Um, all these guys for me, these are all risers. I don't see these guys as like um, guys you can draft right now as like and say for sure, like, oh, this guy is going to be a day two pick. But these are guys that are going to be that I think they can go into the offseason and and dominate the, the senior bowl or wherever, you know, they play. Uh, or maybe the Shrine Bowl. And we'll see. You know, I, I I think that was why Rashad White rose up so high was because of his performance in the Senior Bowl. 
And I think you could kind of say the same thing for me for for like Lou Nichols, Rasheen Alley, Dwayne McBride, and Titus Swin Swin here. So uh, Titus Swin as well. You know he's five eleven, uh, two hundred two pounds. He had seven hundred eighty five yards in twenty twenty one on five nine five point nine yards per carry. He's a Doak Walker preseason candidate. And the big news there for me is that he took uh, Valaday's job. So Valaday ended up transferring to. Um, Arizona State, I believe, is what it was, and uh, he, after after Titus, ended up breaking into his role. You know, he, I, f- I think he needed the transfer. So I, I don't think it was a, oh, I need to go to a better school. I think it was, and I might lose my job. So I think Titus is a, is another really good candidate to to rise. Um, but my favorite out of this group, and I, and I kind of let it a little bit, was Braden Bennett. Braden Bennett is a burner. And a huge body. If I can, if he can kind of show the lateral movement abilities uh, that I, that it looked like he had, and he continues to show that, he could be a elite running back in the NFL level. And I, I think it's a two. I think he's two years away. I think he could come out this year, but I think it's probably more likely he comes out in twenty twenty four. Like I said, but I think he is a guy that everybody needs to look out for for Debbie. I think he's a big name that could be could sneak up on people come 2024 draft i gotta say we definitely took a little different route i mean i know these are your honorable mentions right obviously these aren't your top ranked players but uh you've got one you know power five team uh player and i think i have 24 uh not quite sure if it was all power five or not but close to it um so i'm curious right these are all 23 players do you expect um do you expect any of them to come out in 23 or do you expect them being you know a um the lower I have Rasheen alley Rasheen alley and lou, lou nichols and titus swan are all going to come out in 2023 i believe oh, okay uh and then i think Dwayne mcbride's kind of a toss-up for me and then Braden bennett i believe is in 2024 yeah i'm my next question has got to be, you know, do, do you think these players are looking at undrafted free agency or day three capital or day three capital versus day two capital? I think it's day three capital versus day two. Uh, I think all these guys have shown enough to be day three picks already. Um, well, I mean, not Braden Bennett. Braden Bennett, I think, is maybe shown has not shown enough yet to be a, you know, be a um, – a 20 like a, a draft pick in 2023 but he's also a true true junior so he has only played you know he played as behind guys in his freshman year and he played a guy behind a guy in his, his sophomore season but he has amazing yards per carry and yards per catch uh numbers and he has extreme explosiveness extreme explosiveness if you watch him play against these guys like you're gonna be like man why was this guy not a higher rank recruit why is this guy not playing at like alabama like I legitimately think he could start Alabama this year. Wow, wow! I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's certainly a vote of confidence. That was actually it's interesting to say that was going to be my next question. I was going to say, do any of these players transfer? You know, going into the 2023 college football season to try and you know prove what they can do at a higher level of competition? Because I mean, uh, most of these players have shown you know, high levels of dominance at their level of college football. And my thought is if, if they were to transfer and go to a 
you know, a power five program, like look what Kenneth Walker was able to do. Right. And he went from power five to power five, right. He went to, from a wake forest, you know, if they could just move into a bigger program and really turn it on, especially because most of these players, like you said, have very good size metrics. Um, that, that to me would make them really ascend in value. Yeah. I think Brandon Bennett's the one that I would, I would like to move to a power power five conference. I think if he moved to a power five conference, like I think the sky's the limit. Like I, I like him a lot. I, I think he's got the potential to be a very, very good NFL running back. Um, obviously, we'll see this year. This is, is going to be his first year, like really starting at the college level. Um, so kind of stay tuned. Maybe I'm just completely wrong, but um, I, I think that Braden Bennett is the guy that if you're looking to take like a, just a flyer on a guy and and maybe and maybe it turned out to be gold i think he's your guy i think he you know look at cream hunt when he played at toledo i think he could be in that same category yeah and i gotta give you this to you you're definitely uh you know digging deep for these you know i knew rashid alley and lou nichols they uh they had phenomenal seasons last year you know in the college fantasy football world i i didn't honestly know the other three uh so I'm happy that you're turning me on to these. Of course, you know, when I go and check my roster, uh, you know, because both of the CTC leagues I play in, I play them with you. So, you know, you've already got them locked up. And I'm just like, well, I guess <laughs> I guess he uh, knows what he's doing. But, um, yeah, I'd be interested. Uh, perhaps I just need to join a league that you're not in so I can go and take advantage of these values because especially that Brandon Bennett one, that one sounds super interesting with that size and uh speed that he possesses yeah so um yeah so really guys we really thank everybody for listening i i like this episode a lot you know i I love talking about running backs for college um and especially the like the lower division guys i think they all offer potential um and and finding the guys that are um college stars but they can also translate to the nfl that are in the like you know the the non-power five schools like i think that's important um and i think that's like kind of a big way to win your drafts your rookie drafts so um so yeah um i don't have anything else that i want to talk about do you have anything else you want to close out with uh eric yeah, I, I just want to say how excited we are to be getting on the video. Um, we've been hoping for this, you know, really since we started. But, you know, before you can run, you have to crawl. And, and you know, we're starting to jog here as we get into video. We're really excited. Um, please um, subscribe, like, review, interact with us on Twitter. Please, you know, engage with us any way you can, any way you would like. We, we appreciate that. We really enjoy bringing this content to you. Um, and Robert, just want to thank you again for, you know, doing this with me. I thought we had a great, you know, first video here. Uh, it was really great to discuss running backs. And, um, yeah, follow, follow us everywhere. Interact, please. All right. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.